Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! He increased the pace and she moaned, her head shaking from side to side on the pillow. It felt so good she wanted it to stop and go on forever all at the same time. Finally, she hit her peak and cried out as the vibrations rumbled through her body. Neil, Neil, Neil. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) That was hot and sexy. It was. But. We have a podcast to do? We do. You always interrupt me when I'm reading. Fact. Fact. (laughs) Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is Fuck, Marry, Kill, Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Marry, Kill with the characters. Yeah. So many spoilers. Um, Super duper spoilers. If you, uh, I'm glad you came here for reviews, but if you came here for just straight reviews, turn around. Turn around. Go elsewhere. Go elsewhere. This is fake reviews. Fake. Well, <laughs> our opinions no. are real. No, 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 no. But full they, of spoils. They are fake reviews that turn into real relationships with books. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That should be our new thing. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers. But that leads us into, of course, this time we chose, like, fake relationships. Fake relationships. Yeah. But. But first. What's got you hot and bothered? Okay. So this, oh God, it's such a first world problem, but here we are. Um, so on a lot of the apps that the, the apps that I use for gentlemen who seek the company of gentlemen, there's a little thing you can go to where it's sort of like everyone in the world who's on this app. And like, yeah, that's the point of the communication age, right? To like communicate with people around the world. But now, very attractive men who find me very attractive are messaging me. But I'm not going to San Paolo anytime soon. <laughs> this is doing me no good. It's like, yeah, you're hot. We should have intercourse. You're in Berlin and I'm broke. This is not helping me. Well, that's always that's always been your thing, though. Like, men in other on other continents love you. Yes, but at least usually. They're in town and I have sex with them first. <sighs> so this is my quandary. So we need to get you to another continent. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, how can we how can we make that happen? Trains? A catapult? Planes? Automobiles? Automobiles? <laughs> uh, so that's I mean I, you, you, can you set is there a setting that you can say only local? It's sort of like a tab situation. Okay. Um and I don't go to the tab and be like, let's see what gentleman I can ever have. But I get messaged by attractive men in South America, Southeast Asia, Europe, uh-huh. who find me attractive. But... So, uh, so you, you live in a world of plenty, but that plenty is on the other side of an ocean. Yes. Uh. Yeah. This is... Uh. Anyway, <laughs> that's all. That's all I had to say. Well, that is annoying. It is. It is. And like, that's, there's nothing more to it other than well, it's annoying. And Austin, and Austin, uh, ostentatively, what is the word I'm trying to think of? Ostensibly. Ostensibly. There you go. Thank you, everybody. She's a writer. 
So I've been told. <laughs> Yet to be proven. Yeah. Um, ostensibly, like, the idea is to get laid on these apps. Yeah. Although... The, of course, a lot of them, some, some more than others, some are just like, no, we're totally a social network. It's for sex. But some is like... 50-50, like, one that I use is, there's a, um, it's kind of like a Tinder thing where, you, like, every day you're given a certain number of profiles that you can say, like, yes, I'm interested in meeting this person. And for those you, it has to be a face picture, and, like, you kind of opt into it, so it only shows you people who are also interested in meeting, ostensibly for something more than just sex. But some of them are definitely, like, yeah, your profile picture can literally just be your penis. That's fine. If you could build the perfect sex slash dating slash pen pal app, what mm-hmm. would it be? Um, okay, okay. I think it would sort of be like... Um, you set up a profile and you... In setting up your profile, you say, I'm interested in pen pals and or sex and or dating and it's just like three different tabs on the app and if you don't opt into those tabs they don't show up so if it's if you're just there for sex then only people who are also interested interested in sex show up and like it this is the tab of people who just want sex so then when you're like i'm in the mood for sex you go to the sex tab and you're like great it's like i kind of want to meet someone you go to the dating tab and it's just like right there and it's like oh everyone is also interested in dating. Not necessarily interested in dating me, but interested in dating in general. And I think, I'd, I don't know, I'd, ca- I'd have to call it some stupid name, like, um, they all end in er, like grinder, growler, um, prowler, why not? Sure, <laughs> with like half of the vowels taken oh, that out. That sounds dark though. Well, I mean... welcome to the gay internet, Claire. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, that's all I got. All right. What's got you hot and bothered? You know, I've been thinking a lot about... If you say consent, I'm going to be so sad. I've been thinking a lot about consent. <laughs> no, I think I've thought about a lot consent. And yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Um... <laughs> Listeners, I almost spit out my drink. I've been thinking a lot about romance. Okay. But specifically, one was my first experiences with romance. Oh. Like, but, like, what was the first things that made me feel romantic mm-hmm. or made me want to fantasize about this? Mm-hmm. So not just, like, not just, like, so what was the first time I really daydreamed about this kind of thing and like mm-hmm. the whole story and the whole plot line like the whole oh, like interesting meeting somebody and falling in love and how goofy or weird it was like how did because like how do these like myths and like because these are so it's so cultural but it's also like so very much part of ourselves that um that romance like this like love stories are sort of out of our hands and in our hands at the same time Mm-hmm. And when was the first time I really thought about those and this? And I don't know. So I was thinking about asking you, like, what were your first, like, romantic, plotted out daydreams? Okay. And what were those like? I kind of have two answers for that. Okay. Um, when I was in sixth grade, a class assignment was to make a time capsule for ourselves 
and part of that was to sort of like we got these long strips of paper and we taped them together so it was like this big long thing that unfurled and we basically was like I'm going to plan out my life and we had to include our biographical information up until that point and then like plan out the rest of our lives and because I was in sixth grade I was like I'm going to get married to this lady she's French why not we're going to have two kids blah 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 so it's like, oh, this is a thing that I'm planning out because it's expected of, like, it's expected of me to plan it out. It's expected of me that I'm going to marry this lady, whatever, whatever. Um, and then the next year, I was like, mm, no, boys. <laughs> mm. And I think at that point, it was mostly, like, sexual fantasies um, because, one, hormones, two puberty see above and three I think at that point I wasn't aware that there could be a romantic relationship between two people of the same gender so but I also feel I mean like I don't know I feel that most middle school age boys are just like they think about dating because it is a way to get to making out with that pretty girl or pretty boy. Yeah. Or both. Um, well, my first dates were in elementary school. I had a girlfriend in elementary school. Yeah. She kind of was like, I'm your girlfriend now. And I was like, okay. And then I continued to just like hang out with my friends. And she's like, you don't pay attention to me. I'm breaking up with you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> no, I it think, was, oh, I God. feel like I don't remember breaking up with anybody, but I went out with this guy named Robert and he was very oh. nice. And he came over to my house and we watched a movie together. He brought, like, candies or something. And then another guy asked me out, Justin. <gasps> I know. Oh. And he took... We went to see Edward Scissorhands. <gasps> and he took me... His parents just dropped us off at the movie theater. How old were you? Uh, we were in no more than fourth grade. What? Yes! Wow. Trusting parents. They might have been in the back of the theater, but I don't remember that. And That would make more sense. I genuinely I'm not gonna judge Robert's parents. But like nothing happened on the date. It wasn't it was more like Did you even hold hands? Yeah, probably. But it was more well, that's like something. these I mean that's a lot for a fourth grader. Well I don't think that's a nine year old. I think my parents thought so too. I think this came up at the PTA. That it was quite possible that I was a slut. <laughs> oh my god! They were asking me out. I didn't understand. So okay, let me get this straight. All the PTA parents, I'm assuming mostly mothers, because like, right, right, got together and they're like, "This Claire Rice girl went out with my son, and then went out with her son the next week." <laughs> They went to the movies unchaperoned. <laughs> Clearly, she's a hussy and a as, bad influence on our boys. As if I could travel. Well, like... Because I, even then, your sexuality was the result of the downfall of men. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think a big part of it, it was less about that, like that Claire is bringing down the morality of the She is grade. toppling society. I think it was more like, are our kids experimenting with the idea of dating too young? Oh. Or, uh, and I don't, like, mom never imparted this information onto me. And so mom listens to this podcast, and she may tell me later that I made either all this part up in my head, uh-huh. or tell me the real story of the PTA. Great. But. I hope both are true. Well, 
But you I made really it up. Did. But also, here's the conversation we I had. I really did go on these dates, mm-hmm. and we really genuinely did have a good time. Uh-huh. And they were genuinely, I want to say this, good boys, mm-hmm. who were supported by their Whoa. parents. No, no, no. I mean, like. I know. It's gross because we're adults. Because we're adults now. But at the time. What I mean is they were good children. Right. Who were pleasant and they weren't trying to be weird or anything. They were just like, oh, this is what you do. You have dates. Right. Because, I mean, like, even at that age. It's on time. Society tells us, like, the point of existing is to, like, find the one and get married and have kids. Yeah. I can't, like, it's very hard for me to think of anything I watched at that time that didn't also include, like, somebody of the opposite sex wanting to have a deeper, more meaningful relationship right. with the main character. Yeah. Like, so many, like, every... I think even, like, the brave little movie. toaster had a crush on, like, something. Blanket. Blanket was a boy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's always, like, I mean, like, the little rascals. He had the alfalfa and Well, and that was always blamed. Yeah, but that one was blamed on the girl. Like, that one, like, she was totally in... Well, no, that's not true. No, he had a, he had a bad for he her. He had a bad for her, yeah. But yeah, like, they were little... And, and adults watch it, and they think, like, oh, it's so... It's, it's funny because it's very precocious mm-hmm. for children to be so romantically involved. But then also kids who are of the age consuming this media, it's like, oh, this is the normal way to behave. And of course in those movies, it's like, oh, you just like have a peck on the cheek and hold hands and say that you're each other's boyfriend and girlfriend. And right. like, that's the extent of it. So then for these, for these parents to like... Our kids are doing it too young. Don't let kids watch anything right. ever again. No, like, it's, it's really weird. Ugh. So, like, one of my favorite movies uh, was, like, something that came on the Disney Channel a couple of times. was, mm-hmm. like, The Adventures of Natty Gan. I've um, not even heard of this. Well, and John Cusack is in it. Oh. It's a fun movie in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. So, this it's uh, Depression Era, 1920s. Um, oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of a lot of things took place back in like I mean, you think of like American Tale, and it is a, and a lot of people look at it as oh, this harrowing tale, but also like true sort of a true story of the American immigration system mm-hmm. and what makes America great is people with big dreams coming over. It is a horrific tale of a parent being separated from their child and that child being lost in the United States of America. Yeah. It is horrific. Our immigration system has always been broken. Anyway. (laughs) But Nanny Gan is about a girl whose father uh, needs to go make money so that he Mm -hmm. can, you know, afford to have a child and take care of her. Mm -hmm. And she travels across the country to try to find him to be back with him again, Mm -hmm. including, like, hopping trains and all that. And and during this, like, she's got this dog who's a great companion, and it's super great. It's this huge adventure. Mm -hmm. And in the time she meets John Cusack, who's super cute, and they are crossing together. And at one point, he kisses her. So an adult and a young girl, or? Like, but, like, when I was a kid, it didn't seem like an adult and a young girl. It seemed like two maybe teenagers. How was, oh, she was a teenager. She was probably a teenager. And he was, like, probably early 20s. Probably, yeah. Which, in the 20s, is like yeah but it's in the 80s i know the 80s uh, it, yeah, also, yeah, yeah 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 it doesn't matter because i it's not it's not even what this is about why can't she just fucking cross the united states and find her dad because because she has to have that other thing because she has a vagina 
So she has to follow. But also with men guy. too. Like you think about Spider Man or whatever. Like I all never of these think super about Spider Man. You should. The new one's super cute, but okay. also a teenager. So stop it. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, even in like all of these superhero movies, all of them have their like companion cohort, like this. Mm-hmm. Lady, this boy, this person. I mean, yeah, Batman like, and Robin. <laughs> oh, come on, those two, one hundred percent. Oh, there's he I, rescued him from the circus. They I, are fucking. I heard this great story where way back when they're like, oh, these two were like kind of being seen as gay. Mm-hmm. We should fix that. So in the comic books, they wrote that Robin's aunt came to stay with them. Oh my god. That's one. Soup's gay. So Oh, we need to make sure we don't seem gay. Auntie Mame, Auntie Mame, come stay with this rich man and his young male ward. Oh, my God. The ant played by B. Arthur. Let's just make sure nobody thinks it's gay. Good Lord. I know. But anyway... I'd watch that movie. So that was those were my first like romantic mm-hmm. things. Those with those two kids in elementary school. Um, but through that, like, came a lot of like romantic thoughts in my head about like cute meets and like what would happen on these dates and like just sort of like this huge mythology that I was trying to build for myself about what my life would be like oh, with God, with yeah. romantic partners. Mm-hmm. That is so much bigger. And then my real life with romantic partners is, one, much simpler in a lot of ways, and two, much more complicated in a lot of ways yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Like, oh, we men just decided to stay together. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out great. <laughs> Are you, you good? Yeah. Okay, we'll just do this forever. Yeah, this is... Okay. Do you want to move in? I do. That's Great. much easier than you living over there. <laughs> it's so much more convenient. But at the for time, for you to already be here, it's just like in these stories that we read, like it's so like, like, like there's so emo about it. Oh God. But anyway, I was just thinking about where these these things came from, and I thought it's interesting. It, yeah. It like it's been stuck in my mind. Like, where does these come from? Why do we do it? Why do we want it? Society tells us so. Right, but also we make society. We do. It's I. I'm of the opinion that it is a social construct to sort of allow for the biological need to propagate the species. Uh-huh. I mean, sex and death are why we do things. Some argue. I think there's validity to it. So it's like, okay, well, we need to make more people, but we consider ourselves enlightened and civilized, so we need to, like have structure and ritual around that so we can tell ourselves that like oh this is for the better of society when really for the most part it's just to make more people true well yeah that was scientific sometimes i am should we talk about these books yes what are we reading this time um well we're reading two books that are both about fake dates yay so and this is a big like romance trope yeah. And this is like, because, and, and so interesting, because I think we often think we are bad at making our own decisions. And that if there, is if there was, that, yes. you know, sure, <laughs> if there was only some greater force, including fate, mm-hmm. that would throw us together, that knows better than us, mm-hmm. that we would 
through funny, hokey circumstances, actually find the people that we need to be with. But what I yeah. also like about this is like, here I am going on a fake date and it's breaking me out of my usual routine. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I'm able to see something deeper. I'm faking love and then love happens. Like fake it till you make it type of thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. I have theories about, we'll get into it, but what are we reading? Right. Okay, so we're reading The Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory, who mm -hmm. is local to the Bay Area. Uh-huh. Um, which was great in a lot of ways. I really yeah. did like reading about San Francisco and about Oakland and Berkeley, and mm -hmm. I thought that was really fun. Also, she like has a law degree from Stanford, and she's all kinds of fancy. Oh, she seems, yes. Anyway, we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, and then Just for Show by Jay. Is that how it's pronounced? Sure. J-A-E. So I'm J. saying J. Just for show by J. J, if that's not right, let us oh, know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Email us and bitch about it. That's totes fine. We will... We will and then come it. on our show. Oh, yeah. That's Why fine. not? Why not? Okay. So these are two books about fake dates. Fake dates that turn into real relationships. Great. Let's get into it. Just for show by J. When Claire, an overachieving psychologist with OCD tendencies, hires Lana, an impulsive out-of-work actress for a fake relationship, she figures the worst she'll have to endure are the messes Lana leaves around. It's only for a few months, anyway. And it's not as if she'll enjoy all those fake kisses and loving looks, right? A lesbian romance where role-playing has never been so irresistible. So that's that. That is that. Claire! Though, tell me, <laughs> what happened? Okay, first of all, I want to point out that on accident entirely, we have read two books now mm -hmm. where Claire, yeah. C-L-A-I-R-E. No, the first one oh, had no E. the first one was no E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this one is about you, obviously. This one's about me. You're a psychologist with OCD tendencies? It is 100% about me. Great, uh, great. But there's two, been two books with Claire so far, and I mm -hmm. apologize for not having any books with Neil. We will try to correct that. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so Claire is a psychologist who mm -hmm. is broken up with by her fiancé in this really sad, upsetting way. On the day of their engagement party. Yeah, as like, she's setting up. As, the, as they're waiting for people to come over. Uh, Abby is the mm -hmm. is the fiance, and she's like, um, I don't love you anymore. Bye. Yeah, and she's like, could you just wait till after this party? And she's mm -hmm. like, I uh, probably shouldn't wait any longer. Yeah, and I wrote down because it's um, set up in such a way that right away you're like, Abby's terrible. There's one point where she's just about to leave, and Claire's like, Oh God, what are we supposed to tell our friends and colleagues and my parents? You're the one who cares about appearances. You figure it out, Abby says. And then just walks out. Yeah. And I wrote the note. I'm like, you're probably dodging a bullet here. She sounds terrible. Yeah. 100% oh. she sounds terrible. Um, but we later find that that's not entirely true. I, it's a little true, but also not true. We later find out that Claire is not blameless. Oh, she is 100% not blameless. Yeah. Which is kind of that's one of my... Such an interestingly constructed sentence. She's 100% not, not blameless. Not a good thing. <laughs> uh, so Claire is a psychologist, but she specializes in couples therapy with mm -hmm. married couples. Right. And she's trying to take over this whole practice 
where they do a lot of different things she's, and she's trying and she wrote a book about how to have a perfect relationship mm-hmm. and it's going to get published mm-hmm. she's trying to inherit the practice right the the woman who runs it and i didn't write down her name um Renata. Renata, yes, has been a mentor to Claire. And uh-huh. Claire's sort of like positioning herself against Vanessa. Who's a bitch. Who's a bitch. Um, to be the one to take over when Renata retires. Right. Yeah. As opposed to like, you, she's trying to take over. It's, right, it's no. She's trying to like, she's just, she's got set a lot herself of, up as the next of Yeah, line. she's got yeah, a yeah. lot of business, like personal, like professional plans. She has a podcast. She does have a podcast. Which we never hear about except when Abby's like, you're always doing the podcast. And I was like, oh, podcast buddies. And then she never does an episode of the podcast. And I was like, you can easily set that up in your apartment. Why don't we have... We're we're doing this in an apartment. Exactly. She could just... Oh, this was a whole thing. And it was like, we finally brought podcasting into this podcast. We should do... We should see if that's a thing we can Oh, it's 100. Yes, we can find it. Okay, Uh, great. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, go ahead. So, you and me, maybe we fall in love oh. over the course of this. Oh. We get married, but still. <gasps> no, 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 no. But you're already married. It's, it's, no, but no, no. What's going to happen is this love triangle between you, me, and Christine. <gasps> oh. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Claire's a professional. She's trying to get her shit done. Her agent, Mercedes, who is uh, trying to help her get her book Mm -hmm. published, is like, girl, your book is going to be published. It's by this place. They're super excited. Also, they think you're still engaged. Right. And so you have to bring a lady with you to the meeting. Mercedes is like, oh, they want to meet Abby. And this is two months after they've broken up. And Claire's like, we broke up. And Mercedes, who had been in Europe. Right. Apparently, Mercedes is in Europe all the time. So she was out of touch. But she was like, wait, what? And Claire's like, yeah, we broke up two months ago. It's on a need-to-know basis. I'm not telling everyone. I was like, after two months? Ooh. I mean, granted, they were together for seven years. But then Mercedes is like, ooh, that might be a deal breaker. And I wrote, surely that's illegal. That they're like, oh, this person isn't off-fianced anymore. We're not going to give them this book deal. Yeah. Like, that, that is kind a, of a little illegal. It was, well... So these kinds of premises in romance novels are always on shaky ground. It is okay. There's, okay. okay. I'm gonna have to say there's never a moment where you think there's a better because op- like, there is there's always a better option. Yeah. Honesty is always the always. better option. Ah! There's never a moment in these sort of like we were thrown together under a lie situation where the truth isn't just the better option. Right. And so we so what so what you have to do when you walk into this particular premise mm-hmm. is forgive I an guess, awful lot. But the thing is, Lana, who's the love interest who shows up later, she brings it up when Claire's like freaking out about the book and like, oh, like I, I how can I give anyone advice when I can't even make a lasting relationship? One, seven years is a lasting relationship. I mean, yeah, you royally fucked it up, but still. But then Lana makes the point, she's like, surely people don't want advice from someone who's perfect. They want advice from someone who's made the same mistakes yeah, that they have. I thought that was and really I'm like, profound. Yes, that's like surely you could pitch that to the publishers and everyone. I would also have to say though, but nobody thing, agreed. Nobody, nobody thought agreed. that was a good idea. Even though I, I would want to. Not that I would. I maybe I should read a relationship book. But I want it from someone who's like, I've had a lot of terrible relationships. These are the mistakes that I've made. Right. These are the mistakes that other people have made around me. Let's talk about it so we can all learn from these experiences. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. As opposed to, I'm perfect. Like Vanessa, 
It's like, I'm perfect. My marriage is perfect. Yeah. I'm going to tell... I don't... I don't trust you. I don't trust Vanessa's relationship at all. Well, and no, we'll and, get I don't, into and we're not it, meant but, to. Yeah. But I would also have to say whatever like little tidbits we get from Claire's book, it seems like a carbon copy book that of everything of every There's other relationship point, book ever. So on the tablet that I use, it shows, it like gives a little dotted underline for sections that a lot of people have highlighted. Because of course it's it's oh, yeah, Amazon, so they off. just like yeah. I should do. But there's one excerpt from the book that's like this is a commonly highlighted thing, and I'm like, are people using this oh, for no. advice? Because this is a book about a relationship book. This isn't a real relationship book, people. Yeah, Ugh. I mean, and, I'm and sure the thing really, that they highlighted yeah. it was super generic, like compromise and communication are important. Yes, yes. obvious. Sorry. Anyway. Anyway, so Mercedes is like, you have to show up with a fiancé. Mm-hmm. You have to come in her Her name has to be Abby, so you have to figure this shit out. Um, and so why don't we just, we're in L.A., let's just hire an actress. Mm-hmm. And Claire, to her credit, thinks this is a terrible idea at yes. first. Claire, against her credit, is fucking freaking out and going a little insane because she just went through a horrific breakup. Yes. And, like, her career feels like it's on the line. Right. And it's, this is also hitting all of her, like, hard points. Like, people are going to judge you. People are going to think you're not good enough. Uh, people are going to find out that you lied, discrediting you as a therapist. Right. So all of these things. So she's mm-hmm. freaking out. So she goes for Mercedes' plan. Right. Also, because she, and she acknowledges this, that she threw herself into working, finishing up the manuscript after the breakup to, like, sort of get over the right. feelings. So. Which is- there. Yeah, so in walks Lana. Lana, who is... Um, curvy. Who is curvy and fun and has, like, a big scar all the way down her body, it seems like. is one definitely on her arm and her leg. I think there's one on her arm and one on her leg. Right, and, oh, and she got this cool um, Phoenix tattoo, tattoo. A Phoenix tattoo grabbing the scar. On her arm. As if it's, like, a lightning bolt or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounded super cool. And she was wearing... Something that didn't show the whole thing, but just sort of like showed enough of the arm scar and tattoo that's like, oh, she's kind of a badass. Yeah. Also, I have to point out that the casting call was just like, oh, we're just like casting for this small independent movie. And Mercedes was like, I left it as vague as possible. And I'm just like, that's not okay. That's not okay. That's not okay. Because also, just like, most actors would show up for I need you to be my fake girlfriend. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But also, like, like... actors would be like, oh, that's cool. I got right. it. Right. Like, listeners, just Google terrible casting calls for women, and you'll see why this is not okay. Also, it should have been billed as a live event instead of a movie, because <laughs> those are two different acting skills. Right. Long-term live event. Yeah. Actors would show up for that. Yeah. And obviously she did. She did, because she's been out of work for a while. Right, and upset. She, and she works at a... She's a barista. Um, she... We find out later she was in a really terrible car accident two years prior and hasn't really been getting a lot of work since. And also still has PTSD from that. And has PTSD from that. So she's kind of like, it's a gig, and it pays... A lot of it's money. Like $50,000. $50,000 and expenses. Uh, Claire is to be Claire, rich. Claire is so rich. She has a house in the Hollywood Hills. Mm-hmm. That's a step down from the house that she grew up in. Right. Because her, her family comes palatial. from money. She has money. It's like mod it's and cool. Oh. And 
I I don't know if it said this, but I imagined it as like vaguely Pueblo esque. Oh no no! I, I totally oh. imagined it like all white with like lots of glass windows. Oh okay. Like I imagined. I was totally... imagining like white vaguely stucco walls with like terracotta tile. Oh uh, no! That's what com- I was. I was imagining it completely modern. Oh okay. Like, really really it might have said i don't remember it probably did i also don't remember this is what i imagine though i imagine claire just white everything because she wants to prove she spills nothing because we find out she only ever wears like white and beige right and ivory and taupe and right and i imagine her carpet looks like that yeah yeah, her couch looks like that the backsplash to her kitchen looks like that Mm -hmm. uh the grass would be white (laughs) (laughs) she just spray paints it White grass. She uses that fake snow stuff for Christmas trees. She gets white grass. succulents. She I gets, don't even know how. I, who know, albino succulents. Oh my god. Yeah. She definitely is. If she had a cat, which she never would, it would be an albino cat. It'd be an albino cat. Regardless. Regardless. They agree to be together. Lana signs do, on. Like this whole she contract. Does the thing. Oh my god, because they read together. And Claire isn't good because she doesn't want to be there and she's not an actress. And then when they're like, okay, Lana. Well, and then also Claire's like, she's not my type. And Mercedes is like, she showed up. So (laughs) she's like, okay, fine. And then they tell Lana, they're like, okay, we'd like to offer you this part. Sign this NDA before we tell you what it is. But she's like, they're like, oh, we'll offer this to you. And Lana turns to Claire, assuming that she's already been cast in the part. And she's like, oh, well, we, we've all been where you are just starting out. I'll give you some pointers. I'm like, don't say that to someone at an audition. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, well, she's only been acting for so long. And it's obvious that she's only gotten small parts herself. I guess, but Like, when she said still. that, I was like, girl... Nah. Can you just imagine? Oh, God. If I overheard someone, if I were casting and I overheard someone say that, I just wouldn't cast them. Also, half the time, she should know better. There's a reader in the room. And yes. the reader is perfect. Is is on purpose trying to not read as well mm-hmm. and not give you as much so that you have to give a little bit more. Right. Like, And she should know that. It, it's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. Anyway, regardless... Uh, she signs the NDA, she finds out what's up, she's freaked out and thinks this is dumb and weird, mm-hmm. but, but it's also, also like, $50, I, she's in deep she, medical debt. Yeah, she has a lot of medical expenses to pay off, because ours is a country where people who are in a terrible car accident have to pay money. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So, um, so she goes back to her apartment to to pack it up because mm-hmm. she now has to because Mercedes is like oh you guys are gonna have to live together and, and this like, is what? the most unbelievable part of this whole thing uh, like I am fine honestly there's the romantic part of me that's like I am fine that she has to like take her to this meeting and they have to pretend to be like mm-hmm. engaged whatever but that they have to live together and go to other events together yeah. is, like, completely unbelievable the for me. The only thing I could think of is that, like, if the book if the book deal went through and she talked about being engaged and people back home who knew that, they, that she and Abby had broken up saw the book deal and were like, wait, she's not engaged... Like, yeah, I almost kind of wish it started with the book meeting 
And then, like, and the book deal was like, oh, we think you're both great. We want you to go on. It, like, as and in the meeting, they played off each other so well. Mm-hmm. And they, they both said such great things that in the meeting, the book people were like, we want you to go on tour together. Yeah. We will pay you more and we will push this more if you go together. And then through having to go on tour together, they fell in love. That sounds like, more interesting. I'd almost wish that yeah. that happened instead of what happened the opposite direction, which was... They live together. They they go on these other sort of like they, events so that they can try to like look like a couple. Yeah, and they then, introduce each other to their friends as their new girlfriend. Right. The couple climax is that meeting. Yeah. Like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like well, and then like that's not the only couple climax if you know what I mean. <laughs> but I mean, but that's like. That's the big end goal. Right. And the premise is that after they have this meeting and she gets the book deal, they can break up. Right. Which seems really backwards to me. It does. Like, like, wouldn't they want... Like, the book deal is all about promoting, and wouldn't they want... Like, so, it seemed backwards. It, so, but lifting away from that. Right. Just talking about these two. So they live together. It's literally the odd couple. It's literally the odd couple. Lana is completely messy. She's messy. She cooks. She eats carbs after six. She, uh, yeah. Claire, Claire has this never thing. Eats carbs I don't after eat carbs six. after six, though. I did appreciate. And Lana, when at first they're like kind of at odds, and then Lana sort of finds that she enjoys poking fun at Claire. And then, of course, they're like, okay, we need to get to know each other to, like, be a convincing couple. So they, like, sort of ease into... Like, they're they're negotiating, sharing space with each other. Um, well, so- and they have some great, like, foibles. One of the best things is that Claire is, of course, a psychologist, so mm-hmm. she knows a lot about people. Lana needs a psychologist. But hates psychologists. But hates especially them. relationship psychologists. Right. Because her mother has been married like five times. Mm-hmm. And all of the books that her mother has read is like, you need to give and up everything And her most recent one is man. a psychologist that she was going to. Right. Yes. And Claire's like, that is not okay. Right. Also, were these books that she's reading from the 50s? What is going on? Yeah. But also... Um, Claire never cooks. Lana loves cooking. Right. I, I mentioned the carbs thing. It comes up a lot. But also there's a point where Lana made dinner. It's like lasagna or something. And she's like, oh, I made enough for you. Do you want some? And Claire's like, no, I never eat carbs after six. But they decide to just like hang out in the kitchen while Lana eats. Right. And, and then Claire's- Claire opens a bottle of wine. Uh-huh. And Lana's like, aren't there carbs in that bottle of wine? And Claire freaks out. For and Claire's like, oh, I guess there are. And And I think Lana's like, it's fine. I won't tell or something. Yeah. But, But, and I think that's something about like what makes them so good together is mm -hmm. that they're able to like, well, like, so when Lana has like PTSD freakouts Mm -hmm. and episodes and Claire is able to talk her down or um, they're able to compliment each other in weird ways. Like Lana's like, okay, I want to get to know you more. So let's put on an old movie because you love old movies. Mm -hmm. And, Put away your phone. The Philadelphia story. And, like, is able to talk... Because she's, like... popcorn with me. Let's watch a movie. Let's just hang out. You don't need to... Like, you're not at work. You don't need to work on the book. The manuscript... Just, like, calm down. Enjoy a night off. What I thought was one of the most interesting parts, and I really, really genuinely love this part, was when they they end up going to, like, a a gallery opening later that she, Mm -hmm. a year ago... That Claire, a year ago, had said she was going to. Claire's friend Darlene. Right. And... Abby is going to be there, mm-hmm. the ex-girlfriend. Yeah. 
And so she's nervous and freaking out. Lana comes and is like, I'm going to be... And there's the whole dress-up scene, the pretty woman dress-up scene, where she right, makes right, Lana right. feel great with expensive clothing. But I did appreciate, because that was the scene where... Because they had been to the work event previously, and Lana just wore a dress that she had, and right. it was fine. But then, like, oh, no, we're going to a gallery opening. Claire's like, I need to get you, like, a dress dress. Yeah. So they go to the boutique, and she's picking out dresses for Lana... And Lana notices that they all sort of have, like, sleeves that come down a certain length and a skirt that comes down a certain length, blah, blah, blah. And I think she mentions it to her, and they, like... And, and Claire says, I thought you would want it covered up. And Lana says, no, I'm proud of it. This is who I am. And Claire says, great, and goes and gets her dresses that show it off. That show off the arm. And the, the leg. tattoo And the leg. And the leg. Oh, okay, okay. So I did appreciate that. Like, oh, I loved that so much because, and it was it was something like, something's like Claire says, like, "Are you sure?" And Lana's like, "Well, if if you're not concerned about people saying that, I'm not either," or something like that. Yeah, it was, that was a nice moment. But, so what I liked is, so they're at the gallery event, mm-hmm. and Lana is faking being the girlfriend, mm-hmm. and so she fakes like she's read Claire's book. Oh, yeah. Oh, that scene was great. Because Abby does show up. Right. At first, they're like, Abby's going to be there. They get there. Abby's not there. And they're like, oh, she knew that Claire was coming, so Abby's not coming. But then Abby shows up. And, of course, Claire's talking to somebody else. And that somebody else is like, oh, I didn't know that you had introduced Lana to Abby. And Claire looks over and is like, fuck. They're talking They're talking. No. She freaks the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're actually, Lana is holding her own. Which right, was great. She didn't realize that it was at Abby first, at first, but then when she did, she was bitchy, just like she was supposed to be, uh-huh. and it was great. And she's like, "Oh yeah," just like Claire says in her book. She hadn't read the book, but she's like, "I've heard enough I mean, that it probably yeah, says and this." It did. And it did. And then Abby was like, "She let you read the manuscript." She, in five years or whatever, she never let me read the manuscript. Right. And then Lana, like, puts an arm around Claire and is like, well, I guess she just... Or it's like, it's not that hard for me to get her to open up or something like that. Something yeah. that's also, like, like we have great sex. Like a type thing. Oh, and then Abby just, like, laughed. She was like, well, I need to be going now. It was like, oh, no! It was so great. It was great. But also, by this point, it's, like, there's a point where Lana... Has is like being loud, like she's like singing while she's cooking or something, and then Claire was trying to get work done or something, and she's like, "Oh my god, she's driving me crazy!" And then she's like, "I never realized when Abby was here because we were just like in our own space, so quiet. We never went in the kitchen. I never went in the backyard. She couldn't like, remember like sharing meals with her. No, like it was a bad relationship. It was, and Claire did not prioritize it correctly. And I like like through living with this other woman and just seeing what, like, even this fake relationship mm-hmm. was more important to Claire than right. a real relationship in seven years was. Right, but I bring this up to say, by that point, I felt bad for Abby. Yeah. That's like, we've learned by this point that Claire is not blameless. And she was, and not, like, a, she was not a good partner. Abby's timing could have been better, but she was definitely justified in calling off the engagement. Yes. So then, and Lana doesn't know any of this, but then for Lana to, like, rub salt in the wound to be like, Oh, she was overworked and never shared anything with you. She shared the manuscript with me. Like, I, f- I did feel bad for Abby at that point. I did, too. But oh, I would also have Abby. to say, like... Um, I would also have to say I thought that made Lana all the better. Like, yeah. she knew what Claire needed. She yeah. knew that this was a special thing. Um, which brings me to actually my favorite thing 
which was well two of my favorite scenes were uh dinner scenes where they mm-hmm. each met each other's people mm-hmm. so there was a scene where claire went with lana to lana's friends yeah and she met all of lana's friends and claire like was through a hissy fit afterwards like why didn't you t- prep me for this meeting why didn't you tell me all these things i right, should have right, known right. and lana was like Nobody fucking cared. It was, you were fine. It was about her friend Jill. Who has who's MS. Another, yeah, who's another actress who has MS. And, and actually got her this part, which is... Anyway. Yeah. And Jill was telling a story at dinner that was like this and this and this. And like someone was concerned, but I should be fine. And Claire's like, oh, well, why would somebody be concerned about that? And of course, the table goes quiet. Everyone's like... <gasps> Bum, bum, bum. And just like, I have MS. And there's a paragraph. I thought she handled it very well. Yeah. Claire has this paragraph where in her head, she's freaking the fuck out. She's like, what do I do with it? And then she says, thank you for sharing with me. And then when they were leaving, she's like, why didn't you tell me? And then Lana's like, because that's Jill's choice. And I didn't want to take that away from her. Yeah. And of course... It was all handled well, but Claire's like, "How dare you!" No, just like and I thought there was very good because for the first moments. time in her life, she wasn't in control of yeah. something, and yeah. And it was such good character moments for both Lana and Jill. Yes, it was yes. a real not Jill, Lana, Lana and Claire, and it was mm-hmm. a real fight. Yeah, that had stakes, mm-hmm. and also very much about the two of them, but also was something that was surmountable that they could get over it, right, and they right, did. Right. Yeah. So then when they go to Claire's family's house oh. and Lana is doing her best to like swim, mm-hmm. like keep her head above water. Her, Claire's mom is so waspy. Yes. Like, she's, yes! Like, she's like, oh, Lana and I will go, go, go get things ready. Claire, why don't you set the table? And Claire's like, no, I can help. And she's like, no, no, you should set the table. We have enough people helping in the kitchen. Lana, darling, come help me in the kitchen. And then like the first thing she says is, I've noticed Claire has gained weight because by this point she's eating carbs after six. Right, right, right. And the way that it's said, it's just like, uh, but we find out later that Claire was like unhealthily thin. Yeah. So the mom in her waspy way was kind of like, I appreciate that my daughter looks a little healthier, but I've noticed that she's gained weight. Yeah. Oh God, it was but, awful. So she pulls her aside, and so and it's Steph. And there's Stephanie in there too, who's the, the sister, the younger Claire's younger sister. The fuck up. Who's the, a standard comedian? Yeah, 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 yeah. She was kind of great. I'm. Yeah. So she, and she and they get Lana. They corner her, and Lana accidentally slips. It's his fiance. Right. When ah! we were just supposed to be girlfriend. And now everybody thinks they're getting married, and there's a general freakout, and Lana's like, I fucked up, I fucked up, right. I fucked up. And then she, she sort of covers, she's like, uh, well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm planning on asking her, don't tell. Uh. But so all of this, and it was just such a lovely scene, all mm-hmm. of this leads us up to them starting to have genuine feelings for each other. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of accidental kisses, and on purpose kisses. I will have to say, this drove me crazy it always does but especially in this book it's like we know by 20 percent in that they're starting to have feelings for each other but they're always like no it's just because of this it's because just because we're pretending and we're just it's just because of this it's she's like getting into the part two but like they don't understand that they're developing feelings for each other this is a relationship therapist and an actress Two people who should be very in touch with their feelings and understand these things. But and each just other's like, feelings. And each other's feelings, but they're like, oh no, it's just it's just because I'm getting into the part. 
Yeah. No! But I was so frustrated. It did. It, For me. It annoyed me too, but I would have to say, like, one, like what I wish that the writer had in part upon us a little bit more is that the good reason for them to mistrust each other. Mm-hmm. That this relationship is built on a lie between right. the two of them. Right. And they don't have a reason to trust each other. Mm-hmm. One of them is in this for the money. And one of them is in it for reputation. Right. So, like, I just needed that underlined a little bit more. Right. What I think would have been more interesting is if they both realized pretty soon in that they were developing feelings for each other, but them not trusting each other. And then also, like... Because they, she signed a contract. It's like, this is a business relationship. So for both of them to be like, well... Well, I thought Claire actually did that pretty well. I thought Claire was saying all the time, she's technically my employee. I really right. cannot have feelings for her. Right, but I think it would have been more interesting for both of them to understand their own feelings because they're adults. True. And then be like, it's... Yes, this is a crazy situation, but it's super unprofessional of me. It's inappropriate of me to feel feelings for this person when this is essentially like an employer-employee situation and them struggling against that as opposed to like, I wanted to kiss her. No, I was just getting into the part. I don't understand feelings, even that, though I am a grown woman. That was upsetting. It, it's like frustrated and you, both me. of these and women it happens, had relationships. And it happens, yes, they've both been in love before. It's like, and you I, and I, like, you, you and never I are actors. Uh, you yes. and I have been on stage. Yes. And we have kissed people on stage. Uh-huh. Or we've been in, really, in situations where we've had to be close to people on stage. You and I both know that, yeah, sometimes that kind of closeness engenders feelings that aren't quite like, they're real, but they're also like ballooned. Yes. But you genuinely also have a crush on this other person. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like is this feeling real? It's a real feeling. I have only ever on stage had to kiss attractive men, all of whom oh. have been straight. Oh. But <laughs> you're responsible for one of them, so thank you. Um, but it like it was a good kiss. Yeah, thank you. Um, I was listeners. I was shoved up against a column. And By a with, very handsome man and who looked like James with, Dean. Oh God, in the white t-shirt. Oh, I made it. Oh God, it was so good. But. And then, like, in those moments, it's like, I'm enjoying myself because, like... I'm kissing a good-looking man. I'm kissing a good-looking man, but at the same time, it's like, when it's done, it's like, okay, we finished that scene. We are done acting that moment now. In general, like, the inability for people to understand their own emotions is what I hate about every romance whenever they decide that that's where... The writer decides that's where they're going. Anyway, but let's move on to New York. So they... In the meeting with Ms. Huge... Uh, and I was like, yeah, we've all seen Sex in the City. Thank you. Yeah, I was upset that her name was Miss Huge. And that she was tiny. They finally get to New York, and they've got their, this is like, this is the showcase. This is the right, big right, right. thing. And Claire had never been, which I found really odd. And very sad. Yeah. And, and especially since she lives in L.A. They probably just... She's very rich. She they probably just went straight to Europe. Ugh. Annoying. That would be my guess. Annoying. Anyway, so they're finally in New York. And Lana used to live there. Right. So she's like, let me show you around. Yeah. And they have uh, the best, cutest, wonderful date ever. On the High Line. Yeah, they go Which skating. Which is gorgeous. My husband and I did exactly their date. Oh. Uh, the, that's we, right. They went roller skating. We went on the High Line and then we went roller skating. And uh, it made me... So, it was romantic oh. for us too. Yeah, yeah, so like, yeah. I was like, and I, I love it. I enjoy... There's an underlying theme of or motif of roller skating that Lana likes roller skating because there's a 
see the scene where she's packing up to move into Claire's house. She packs up her roller skates. Well, I kind of think like that's part of this whole series. Like, and I like whatever this rather writer because the another book in the series is with Jill and Crash. Mm-hmm. And Jill and I hated that her name was Crash and she was a stunt double. But here's but her name was probably Crash because she was also in Derby. Oh, <gasps> a roller derby? Yeah. I love her now. <laughs> oh my god. So there's a lot of so I roller just skating. assume like oh. there's derby roller skating. Oh, that's great. Out this. Also, I love the cover of this book. Yeah. It's like waist down, a woman in a wedding dress sitting with her legs crossed and the crossed leg is wearing a roller skate. Can I admit I almost bought uh, $200 roller skates based on how much I enjoyed thinking about roller skates while reading this book. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds very much like a thing you would do. Oh, so sparkly and cute. So fucking close to doing it. Anyway, they're in New York. They're in New York and they have just uh, so... Uh, they have this perfectly lovely date it's, when they get It was there. really sweet. And then the next day they go and on the radio. And it was new for Lana, too, because the Highland hadn't opened until after she left New York. Right. So it was new for both of them. And it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous walk. It's super fun. And so then uh, they go on the radio, or at least Claire goes on the radio, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she's supported by Lana, who's super nice. Mm-hmm. And then um, then they have the interview with Miss Huge. Miss Huge. And it's and it goes really well. So mm-hmm. Then they go back to the hotel, and all the sexual angst from like the time that they met to mm-hmm. now, and this whole lovely mm-hmm. day in New York, mm-hmm. just like in the elevator right away. It's yeah. just like we just have to start fucking kissing, and we just have to like as soon as they and they're like looking at each other like, are we gonna do this? And they're like, yes, yes, yes we are. Gonna do this. And it was hot. It was yeah, and it then when so they lovely. when they got into the room and Claire was kind of like whinging about it, and I was like, "Shut the fuck up, let's fuck." Get off your clothes. And they do, and, and it was nice. It was really nice. I was really proud of them. And then the next day, <laughs> I'm so proud. I'm so proud. The next day they wake up and it's like, oh, I guess that, everything's over. That was not the greatest thing we could have done. Also, where do we go from here? Yeah, and that is honestly a good question. Yeah. Um, and then they head back to LA. La la. And they're confused mm-hmm. and still sexy, angsty for each other. They bone a couple more times. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> is it appropriate to say bone when it's two ladies? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I assume so. Okay. Listeners. They knock. They knock boots a couple. Email more times. in. Let us know. Just say, inappropriate. Ladies don't bone. What do? You, <laughs> I don't know. I Anything that I would propose would sound disgusting, so we're just not going to go there. I'm on board. Anyway, okay. they bone. And then... Mm-hmm. Um, A lot. Yeah. And it's still, like, they do still have separate bedrooms when they get back, but then they're just like, come to my room. Now come to my room. Now come <laughs> to my room. Um, and we find out shortly after this that, like, Claire misses... Lana's presence, Lana finds that she picks up after herself more, like, without even realizing that she started doing that because Claire would get upset about yeah. it. And, like, they they found an equilibrium in their relationship, like, a way to cohabitate that worked for both of them without and, them sacrificing yeah. 
who they And the more Claire thinks about it, like, so, like, the end date of their contract was as soon as she gets the contract to the book publisher. Which she finds out and wants to put off. She gets... Or puts off telling Lana. Right, well, she, well, she gets it, and she cancels it right away. Right! She calls the publisher, she's like, uh, I can't take this. And she runs and tells Lana, practically, she's like, uh, I choose you. I, I choose you over the book. I choose mm-hmm. you over all of my things. I choose you. I was wrong. I choose you. And Lana's like, that's so fucking hot. Of course you need to get that book. <laughs> right? She's like, I really appreciate that. <laughs> Write her back this instant and get your book deal back, you crazy lady. And then get in my pants. <laughs> and then that's exactly what happens. And it's so cute. <laughs> and then they get married. And then the epilogue. Mirrors the first chapter of they have an engagement of the engagement party. party. So the but the, it, but the last chapter is a year later. But Claire is letting party. other people deal with the engagement party yeah, caterers yeah, yeah. and people who do that. Yes, yes she's yes. doing it herself, and her and Lana are just it's still jokey, jokey, sexy, sexy, mm-hmm. and adorable and lovely. And honestly, I was really happy for them. Oh, <laughs> like hooray! You got together. Yeah, I mean, and it's it, like yes, in these books we're reading, they all get together, right? But I was so happy for them. Oh, I, I, I sort of take umbrage with people who are like, I sacrificed my career, this thing that I've worked for, just for you. So when Claire did it, I was like, ugh. Fine, we're doing this again. And Lana's like, I appreciate that. Don't be an idiot. Go get the book deal. I was like, okay, thank you, Lana. Well, but thank I think you. she had to do it too uh, because she had to prove that it wasn't just for that. Right. Like, and that's what she's, she's like, because they she thinks about like, oh, the publicity tour and book signings and right. blah, blah, blah. And so she goes. I have to prove I want to be with you for more reasons than my career. Right. For reasons other than the career. So, yeah, it all works out. And that's that. That's that. All right, so we're going to get to the next book. But first, we're going to talk about a network of podcasts that we enjoy. Yes, our friends have a network of podcasts called Let Me Listen Podcasts, and we think they're great and funny. You'll find such wonderful uh, comedy podcasts on them as a Narrative Comedy Brawl, Let Me Finish, and Ooh. yes classic comedy review show late seating um also i highly recommend a podcast i took part in one time that Bragging was much fact um it's an improvisational horror comedy serial american monsters and how to destroy them oh that's an important life lessons fact so where can we find all of these wonderful podcasts well, you can find them in all the usual places, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. You can also go to their website, lemmelistenpodcast.com. Great. Let's do it right now. No, first we're going to talk about the other book, and then go go find their podcast. These are the things we're doing. Yeah. All right. Should we move Let's on to the, the next, next book? book? What's next? Uh, the Wedding Date. Agreeing to a wedding with a guy she gets stuck with in an elevator is something Alexa Monroe wouldn't normally do. But there's something about Drew Nichols that's just hard to resist. On the eve of his ex-wedding's ex's wedding festivities, Drew is minus a plus one until a power outage strands him with the perfect candidate for a fake girlfriend. After Alexa and Drew have more fun than they ever thought possible, 
Drew has to fly back to Los Angeles and his job as a pediatric surgeon. And Alexa heads back home to Berkeley, where she's the mayor's chief of staff. Too bad they can't stop thinking about each other. They're just two high-powered professionals on a collision course towards a long-distance dating disaster of the century. We're closing the gap between what they think they need and what they truly want. So, Neil, what happened? Uh, okay, so I didn't read that description. Those sentences are very poorly constructed. Well, I kind of feel like the writer didn't write this. The writer didn't write that because the sentences in the book are much better constructed than this. Yes, yes. I like. I was tripping over this as I was reading it, and I was like, oh, I've read this before, though. I, like, But no, no, no. The writer... I. I thought but this was who a would have. No, I thought this oh, was a well written book. Anyway, go ahead. Well, uh-huh. okay. So it the very beginning is the sentence. Okay, the first chapter is an outlier for how well written the rest of the book is. <laughs> well, no, the very first sentence is Alexa Monroe walked into the Fairmont Hotel in San Francisco that Thursday night wearing her favorite red heels feeling jittery from coffee, and carrying a bottle of Veuve Clicquot champagne in her purse. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's, like, that's... absolutely San Francisco. <laughs> so yes, most of this book takes place in San Francisco. It's like San Francisco and Berkeley and L.A. Uh-huh. And you, you, I mean, you know that as soon as they mention something in San Francisco, it's like, is that a real place? And most of them are. There's one bar that they went to. It's like, I've never heard of that. I can't find it on Google. I don't yeah, know if it's but, real. But I didn't have to look at most of it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, they talked about buy right ice cream. Yeah, and Beretta, mm-hmm. which I used to walk past twice a day because I used there. to work down there. Super tasty. I've never eaten there because oh I was God. working at a nonprofit theater at the yeah, time, yeah, so yeah. I couldn't it afford is it. So good. Okay, so Alexa Monroe, who is um, the the as the the back of the book says, the chief of staff for the mayor of Berkeley is at the Fairmont visiting her sister Olivia because her sister's in town from New York uh-huh. for the week. Her sister's a lawyer. Uh-huh. She's in town for some deposition or whatever, whatever. And I think they just, she just finished. So she's coming out so they can like hit the town for the night. And also celebrate. Like Olivia had some big thing that happened. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so Alexa is in the elevator and she's like sort of like thinking about the night. And then the... Power goes out and the elevator just stops and she like has a little freak out and then she notices a man in the corner. A super hot man. A super hot man. But also it's like I I do a scan of an elevator car every time I walk into it. True, but also she was walking in with her phone and she was texting. Oh, uh, still. Yeah, but I look. It's not up to me. That's what that was the conditions of the book. Okay, fine. <laughs> so then she notices this guy who's super hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alexa is black. And he is white. And we know that they are the romantic interest. So, first time we have an A-plot interracial couple. Yay! Yay! Um, and that kind of becomes a thing later. Oh, my God. In, in such ways wonderful that ways. that are great. Oh, So, God. we'll get to it. Um, so, they're stuck in the elevator. And he's sort of like, hey, how's it going? Whatever, whatever. We might starve in here. I don't know. She has cheese and champagne and crackers in her purse. Because they're going to pregame. Because she's pregaming with Olivia. And so she brought cheese. Right, right, right. Which which That's what you do. Which is the great. That's what you do. And (laughs) listeners, if you knew how much cheese we had in front of us right now, like, there is... I... 
I don't say this lightly. It's on the Twitter feed. There is Go too back much and cheese. Look. Yeah. It's delicious. Follow us on Twitter. <laughs> look at all of our cheese. Be jealous. Unless you're like vegan or lactose intolerant, then like... Still be jealous. Still be... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That's the best way. We support Thank you. you in your dietary problems. Let's move on. <laughs> anyway. Um, so they're stuck in the elevator at one point, And this, to me, did not bode well that he started going through her purse and it says very specifically she would never let someone especially a strange man go through her purse except he was hot and this was a weird situation and it's like okay so right away we know that at least she is going to be like I'm not normally comfortable with this but it's fine because he's hot yeah and I'm sick of this shit personally (laughs) I'm sick of it okay yes I'm sick of it but I have to say this is okay, and we joked about talking about consent at the beginning, but honestly, this is the only that this book is uber consenty. Every single sex scene, he's um, like, every single sex scene, he's like, "What do you want? Do you want this?" And she's like, no, "I want no, no, you. No. Let's do this." He says, "Tell me you want this," which is different. Okay. At first, I agree with you. The first couple of scenes is like, "What do you want?" do you want this? And it's like, great, great, great. And then it it happens often enough in such a way that he's like, tell me you want me, that I'm just like, yeah, that sounds it's like not more desperate. the same. It's not the same. You are correct. I will grant you. But I will also have to say, right. even asking at the top is something that is extraterrestrial for all of these Right. Books. And then later, like, this person, example, specifically, later, he like, Goes to reach for it and looks at her, and then she nods. I'm like, okay, yeah, you can have some cheese, and then he goes. So it's like, it's fine, it's fine, yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. It all works out, I suppose. But you're right. It's so, annoying. whilst in the elevator car, and like the um, generator light comes on, he calls, uses the emergency phone, and they're like, oh yeah, we'll get you moving shortly. So they're like, okay, we'll be fine. Nobody has a freak out, which is great. Nobody was claustrophobic, which was good. Ugh. Um, and he. They're they sort of get along. They're flirting. I, it's great. Yeah, I, he mentions that he's in town from LA to go to the wedding of his ex and his best friend from med school, mm-hmm. and that he's a groomsman. Yeah, and she's like, "Why? What? How?" And he's like, "Yes, you are asking all the important questions. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows?" Right. And so he tells her a sob story. Basically, yeah, yeah, about how. He was the wronged man. Yeah. And he's doing this because he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. We find out later that's not entirely not true. Not completely true. Right. So they finally get out and um, of the elevator. Uh, and they're about to part ways because Olivia's room and his room are on different ends of the hotel. And just as she's walking away, he's like, hey, so... I RSVP'd for this wedding with a plus one because I was seeing this girl the time the invites went out. We decided it's not working out. We're still friends, but she's not here. Could you be my plus one? And she's like, that's kind of weird. And he's like, yeah, I know, but like, it's such an awkward situation. And I'm pretty sure he says something like, I don't want to end up getting drunk and then, like, feeling bad for myself and sleeping with some girl that I'll later regret right. and blah, blah, blah. And... And this... Yeah, this kind of... 
feeds, and that's that's a bad pun. I didn't intend. Oh. But this feeds into like one of like I was just about to mention it. Yeah, it's like one of the problems of the book that oh. that bothered me. Oh, I think we're talking about different things. Okay. You you do yours. Well, because he's because uh, he's referring he refers to like this situation as like. Well, because she says... She says, that's what I was just about to mention. Yeah. She's like, well, as my friend Colleen says, you don't want to bring a sandwich to a buffet. Because, like, if you're a single, you go to a wedding, and right, that's where right. you're going to get laid. And then I was like, that's a great... I love Colleen. And we never meet her. She yeah, doesn't yeah. exist. So, yeah, anyway. Colleen but then he this. says, but sometimes you want a sandwich. Like, if the buffet is not what you want to eat, it's nice to bring a sandwich. Right. So then they have this running joke where she's his sandwich. Which is cutish. I thought it was cute. It's, I did. I. Okay. I in general don't like referring to women as consumables. That's fair. <laughs> I don't know. Like it just it like kind of bothered me, but I was on board because it was a cute running gag. What if but he it, had said, um, "You're my sandwich," and her response was like, "You're my French fries." <laughs> that was so cute. <laughs> but I would have to say, like uh, this first chapter. First chapters, have, like, must be the most impossible things for writers, like, of all the books, of all the things. Like, just because you have to set up so much, and there's so much that has to happen. But also, in this particular situation, there's two strangers in an elevator. They have to cute meet, and they have to get to know a lot about each other right away. And they have to be adorable right away, and they have to have so much chemistry right away. Mm-hmm. And writing that must be exceedingly difficult. Right. So I give this writer a lot of props because she made these two people seem adorable and mm-hmm. cute and fun. But this was also the poorly, the most poorly written chapter of the book because it was one hard to follow. Two, I, I, I had to struggle to care about these two characters. And you and I are both playwrights. We just write dialogue. That yeah. is all we do. So, and a few stage directions. And so when reading a chapter like this, which is predominantly dialogue, mm-hmm. I, there were times I was like, I, I get so annoyed because it wasn't driven, because I didn't know why these characters were talking. I didn't know what these two characters actually wanted. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, and I thought, and I knew I shouldn't. Like, I shouldn't think of this as a playwright, because this isn't, this is an entirely different form. And it's not fair. But so often I was thinking, this isn't like how people talk. This is like... In a lot of ways, I feel it's justified later in the book, which doesn't... Well, I would have to say a lot of her dialogue later in the book was like even... Because this book was dialogue heavy. Yes. I thought it would transfer very well to a screenplay, by mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. And yes, movie people, please make this movie. But uh... I would have to say like it would... Like this was... The first chapter was the worst dialogue. Like, it, like okay. all the other chapters, I felt like a lot of the dialogue was driven. A lot of it had character development. A lot of it had, like, stakes. There was a lot going on. And this one was just like, I never understood why these two people were really talking right. to each other. Well, I mean, again, we find out later that Alexa's friend, Maddie, is always like, you need to get out more. Because Alexa's kind of a workaholic. And Maddie's always like, you need to get out more. You need to take more risks, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then we also find out that Alexa has... Um, self-esteem issues not not as bad as like fucking prairie doctor's wife right but it's like i i'm short and curvy and she mentions like my my breasts aren't like perky they're like big and kind of sag and like there's a very good reason why i wear a bra and like and that's all fair 
but this is all stuff that we find out later that for her this hot guy asking her out is one a chance for her to sort of like step out of her shell a little bit and then two kind of something that she would never expect to happen because she sees him as being so out of her league yeah but again like we don't we don't see this until later yeah which doesn't necessarily make for interesting reading right okay but again i would say like it like second chapter it's picked right the fuck up for a bit i have some issues with the, All right, the well, later part of the book going, okay so then so she says yes she says yes she goes to meet up with her sister they have a good time blah 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 the next morning she wakes up the next morning is the rehearsal dinner yeah so this she, is all happening right now right it's like it's thursday he's like the wedding is this weekend are you free this weekend the whole weekend um so she wakes up the next morning goes into work she's a little hungover uh, oh, this was a drinking weekend for her. This was a boozy weekend. <laughs> also, she loves to eat. She gets so excited about food, which uh, I love it, about her. Yeah, I love it. Uh, there's a lot of fast food in this book, and it was that's like, that's also oh, true. Can we just not have another hamburger anyway. That's tr- there's that's so much good food in fair. LA and San Francisco. We could have more than well this. when they get the tacos with well, the Carlos, tacos sounded great. Those yeah. sounded real good. Anyway, so um. She wakes up the next day and she's like super hungover. Not super hungover, but enough to be like, oh God. And then um, Drew is the guy. His name is Drew. He texts her and is like, oh, here are the details for tonight. And she's like, oh shit, that actually happened. I didn't just like make that up for some reason. Oh God. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to a rehearsal dinner tonight. And then there was a bit which I really didn't appreciate. It was like, she, oh, I wrote it down. One moment. Uh, she texts him like, "Hey, can you give the, give me the details like where to go, blah blah blah, etc." Etc. meant what the hell am I supposed to wear? But she supposed she couldn't text that to a guy, let alone one she didn't even know. Why the I hell know, not? Why not? I read that too. I, like, I need oh, details. You're like, going on a you're going to a wedding. It's totes with like as a, a rehearsal as a dinner and a wedding. It's you two can events 100% that probably have say what should right, I wear. Two events that probably have two different dress codes. Like I I can't ask and, this guy what to wear. And yes, this, you can. In all the oh. circumstances where I would never <clears throat> want a man to dictate like what I'm wearing, this is the one where yes, he has to. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he didn't dictate it. The couple did. Right. So, um, so then she, they go to this rest, this, we mentioned earlier, Beretta, this restaurant in the mission, um, for the rehearsal dinner. And that's when we meet the couple, Molly and Josh, uh-huh. who both seem super nice. Oh yeah. Super nice. Um, and that's when we meet, um, like Danny and Lisa or whatever. There's another couple that he's friends with that. Dan and Lauren. Dan and Lauren. Um, well, because the very first thing that happens right before they walk into Beretta, she's waiting outside. Uh, her friend Maddie, who is a professional... Uh, she's a stylist. Professional stylist has yeah. styled her for the weekend. So mm-hmm. she looks fly. Though she bought her... Uh, okay, so we've established that Alexa is like a curvy girl, which, mm-hmm. yay, curves, wonderful. She gets her a dress... <gasps> That has a fl- a long flowing skirt with ruching at the hips. Like, that sounds like the worst idea ever. No, 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 no. Okay, well, Ugh. I'm gonna have to say. Also, she's like, wear some fuck me pumps, girl. No, but it shows off her hips. 
No, she says the ruching will hide your hips, and ruching does the exact opposite. Right, it shows off your hips, and honestly, like it draws it. It doesn't show it draws off your hips. Attention. It draws attention to the and ruching on your hips. I don't know why. Anyway, and she's like, you, th- "We'll put the, we'll get this one with ruching, so you don't have to wear spanks." Like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> anyway, but she's great. I I love Maddie. Yeah, yeah, and she's all great. of those, all of those scenes are great. And but Alexa's so, like, "What am I going to do?" And Maddie's like, "Just have fun." Yes. Like, okay, nothing's going to happen with this guy. Just like. Practice flirting. Practice being on a date so that you, like... Like, this is a weird situation that you're allowed to have fun in. Right? Just have fun. Just, like, no expectations, no end game. Just, like, get a girl. Right. So she's waiting outside of Beretta for him to show up. And he comes, and he's also looking good. She looks good. Everybody looks good. And she stops him before they enter. Oh, this part was great. And she Ah. says, am I going to be the only black person here? And his response was, uh... I didn't think about it. I didn't that. think about it. Which reminded me of the doctor's book. Where mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Where like right before like when they're walking into the dining hall, he's like, uh, is this an okay place for me to be? And he's like, Shit, I didn't think about it. And I really appreciated it that this was in a modern setting, that mm. that this is one still something we have to think about, but also like how like she's like it's okay if I'm not I just want to know what I'm walking into right she's, he's like uh, I didn't think about uh, like uh, I, Lauren's Asian, Asian. Uh. and I like how later at the wedding Lauren underlines that she's Korean yeah because <laughs> Bill who's gross she's like we'll talk about it later she's like he tried to talk to me in Japanese I'm fucking Korean yeah uh, anyway but and um, I like how like and I felt so bad, but this is also a, a big important truth mm-hmm. that these were the only two non-white people there, and they mm-hmm. were immediately like you and me, you and me, yeah. <laughs> and and so when he's like, uh, I guess you're the only black person. Alex is like, No, it's okay. I just want to like be prepared. Yeah. I just wanted to double check so I know what I'm walking into, and that's when we meet uh, Amy, who is the bride's sister and the maid of honor. And like the worst human, crazy pants. Yeah, absolute crazy pants. Uh, and she Drew's wants to like fuck. She wants to hate fuck Drew. She wants to hate fuck Drew so bad. And we, she's like, you broke my sister's heart, and I want to hate fuck you over. She, it. we find out later, like at the wedding, she slips her room key into his pocket and is like, hey, if you want to ditch your date and compare sisters later. I can beat out Molly. I was always the wild one. I'm like, you're disgusting. Disgusting. Yes. Ugh. Anyway, so she's, at this point, Drew's like, she either wants to fuck me or kill me. I don't understand. Probably both. She's probably like a praying mantis. Yeah. And She'd Ale- fuck him and then eat his Alexa's head Alexa's like, uh, she wants to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen this before. Right. Don't play. <laughs> so they go to the rehearsal dinner. It's more or less fine. It's fine. She meets all the players. They meet her. Blah, 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 blah. And then there's the wedding, mm-hmm. which we skip over the ceremony entirely. Yeah, thank God. Uh... <laughs> oh, great. Didn't need it. Not great. important. Great. Writers, Tell me how you feel about pay attention. Weddings. Not important for the plot. Skipped over it. That's how this Unless works. something happens in it. Nothing fucking happened at it, so they didn't write well, it. Well, here's the thing here's the thing that I found interesting in this book. The wedding is over by twenty-five percent into it. Yeah. By yeah. a quarter of the way, the wedding's done. And it's called the wedding date. Well no, but is well because that's how they meet, and this is like opposite from the first book, where they have to sustain the faith relationship mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. whole book. 
in this book, they only have to sustain it for up until the wedding, and then they're done. That's how they meet. Right. After that, they just have a relationship. Sort of. I have a lot of issues. They have a long-distance sex relationship. We'll get into it. Anyway, so... We'll just talk about it. Okay, well, the wedding happens, the reception happens, Amy's disgusting. Everyone that we've grown to care about in this book disappears. We never see them ever again because the wedding's over. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, So then, long story, like, really, so I, my note for the, like, bullet points to go over the plot is... Alexandru's stuck in an elevator. He asked her to his wedding, the rehearsal dinner, the wedding, and then nothing. Nothing! There is no real conflict for the rest of the book. <laughs> the rest of the book is Alexa being crazy pants and making conflict when there should be no conflict. I didn't feel that So way here's at all. what happens they go back and forth to LA and San Francisco every weekend for like three weekends. She meets his friend Carlos, who's great. Yeah. He meets, he doesn't meet her friends yet. And then they're busy for a weekend, so they can't see each other for two weeks. And it's so hard that they can't see each other for two weeks. And she's sitting on her couch being so sad because she can't see him for... Shut the fuck up, bitch. Do you know how long I've been single? <laughs> Cry me a goddamn river. I didn't feel okay, that way listeners, at all. Think how long think how long a long time is for being single. Double that, that's probably how long I've been single. I don't care if you're sitting alone on your goddamn couch. I do it every goddamn night, you bitch. I can't see him for two weeks. Fuck off. Also, she did the thing like, oh my god, like at the wedding or just before the wedding he was like hey I have a question to ask you and he has this weird look on her face and she's like he's gonna ask me to like stage a breakup so he can fuck someone else oh god what am I gonna do everything's off and he's like maybe you should come by my room so we can like go to the wedding together because that looks more believable the whole book she's like he doesn't love me he's spending hundreds of dollars to see you every weekend but you think that he doesn't actually care about you girl figure it out ah! And then this kid has cancer. <laughs> Drew okay. has a patient. No, 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 no. This is what happens. <laughs> Drew has a patient who comes in with a broken arm and he's like, oh, I think he has cancer now. I gotta go. And he flies to Berkeley and leaves the poor kid with cancer alone in LA. And he's like, I'm so sad. Uh. And there's another point where she's, she's talking to Maddie and Maddie's like, is he seeing other people? And she's like, I don't know. And she texts him. Hey, are you sleeping with other people? And his response is like, well, not at the moment. I'm at work. And he's like making a little joke of it. And she's like, fine. I don't need to see you this weekend. I won't get in your way. You're not having a real conversation. You're deciding what's happening and you're freaking out for no reason. None of this is real problems. Talk to each other. Oh my God. Ah! Nothing actually happens for the rest of this book other than she decides that it's a problem and makes problems for no reason. So then at the very end of the book, she's like, I should have talked to you like an adult. Yes, yes, you should have. Then the latter 75% of this book wouldn't have happened. Also, he gets crazy jealous all the time. She see, he sees her talking to Carlos and he's about ready to punch Carlos in the face. His best friend. He's ready to punch his best friend in the face because he's trying to get along with his girlfriend. What is wrong with him? These people are insane. Except for Maddie and Carlos. They're the best. Maddie and Carlos are like, 
calm down and talk to the other person. And then Drew and Maddie, or Drew and Alexa are both like, no! I was so frustrated for 75% of this book. Oh my God, there were points in my notes to myself where I wish this were over. I want this to be over so badly. That's how I felt. Uh, Christine, I would very much like you to add in like music right now. That's like the kind of music that would happen over roll credits. Or yakety sax. Or That's like fine too. in memoriam. <laughs> in memoriam, Neil died because he yeah. couldn't even. There was. I I have so much to say, but I'm pretty sure we're good. <laughs> no, please, I mean, please, I want to hear your opinions. That's how I, I felt very strongly about it. Now that I've gotten that up, I was talking to a friend the other night, and apparently my pattern is this: in this is have a freak out and then say it's not a big deal, it's fine, and I say yes, of course, because I've already had my freak out. So now that I've had my freak out, it's not a big deal, it's fine. But I think we can objectively say that these two people do not have a, a single conversation about their relationship. Okay. And it's a very difficult relationship. It's a long-distance relationship that they put all... They crossed... Or they, they hit a lot of steps very quickly. Yes. And it's long-distance. Also, hmm... She's like, oh my god, long distance, LA. I'm gonna try another continent. Anyway, um, but they don't have a real conversation about their relationship. And each time Drew and Alexa go to Carlos and Maddie, respectively, about like, oh my god, they fucked up. And like, Car- Carlos is not put up with Drew's shit. Right. Yeah. Like, that, that there's was one, like point, one of the best parts. There's about one the point book. where Drew's like, this and this, and Carlos literally just like laughs at his face. And he's like, fuck you, why am I friends with you? And it's like, better question. Why is Carlos friends with you? That is a much also, better Also, at one point, Drew's like, well, you're just riding my ass, so you don't have to deal with your own fucked up life. I'm assuming that's a bad thing to say. We know nothing about Carlos, so like we don't know how much that stings. And Carlos but... appropriately stood up and walked out. He's like, yeah. No, I'm not putting up. Meanwhile, with Carlos is like, I understand that there's something special about this girl. You're super into her. Also, I picked her up from the airport for you. Yeah. So whenever he he's with Alexa, Carlos is like, I'm gonna make an effort to get to know you and be friends with you because like there's a chance that you're gonna be sticking around for a while and be with my best friend. Also, you're awesome. Also, we're both people of color, and like Drew's a dumb white guy, so yeah. let's. He can't handle spicy food. Let's let's bond over that kind of thing. Like when the first time she comes to LA, Drew Drew gets pulled into surgery at the last minute. So Carlos picks her up from the airport. They stop at a taco at Carlos's favorite taqueria, which sounded like a hole in the wall. Yeah. So like it's not the healthiest, but it's also not fast food. Um, and they're just like hanging out in Drew's apartment, waiting for him to get back. And then Drew gets there and gets all butt hurt, and he's like. Oh, there was a third plate out. I guess they actually were thinking of me. No, no. Yeah. I'm like, what? Did you expect Carlos to literally be like, okay, here's his apartment. Bye. And just like leave her there by herself? What is wrong with you? Drew's an asshole and an idiot. I don't like him. <laughs> and Alexa, like, there's so much about her that I'm like, you're awesome. Like her whole arts for teens at risk thing. Also, okay, so listeners... Sorry, I just, on a whole tire, I just have gin in my eyes. Um, there's 
Alexa's thing, she wants to, in Berkeley, she wants to start a program that is like an after-school arts program for at-risk youth, Mm -hmm. which is great, which is admirable. And it hints at, like, oh, she has a very specific personal reason for wanting this. And then we find out that it's because when they were younger, Olivia, her sister, got in trouble at this, like, she fell in with a bad crowd, got in trouble at the school, like, they broke into the school to smoke pot or something. And that part was interesting, because Drew's like, what was such a big deal? It's like, no, these were, like, black teenagers breaking into a school. They almost went to prison. What happens when you do shenanigans at school? And and he's like, oh, that one time I did do shenanigans at school. And his shenanigans were were horrific. Were worse. And the teachers were just like, don't do that. Anyway, so Olivia got put into this program because they grew up in Oakland? Yeah. Yeah. So they got, she got put in Oakland, which is where we are right now. I think they grew up in Berkeley. But because... I think they grew up in Oakland. I think it was Berkeley, but because they're black, it didn't matter. Like, I mean, oh, they're still maybe. black. Like, and, and Berkeley, like, we like to we like to put Berkeley up on like some sort of like crunchy liberal, pedestal. Yeah, liberal haven, but it is <clears throat> the problems. Right, but Olivia got put into this program, and she, Alexa and Olivia both feel that because of that, Olivia was given a second chance, and now she's a partner, and it was like the first black woman partner at this prestigious law firm in New York, and she's doing great for herself and great. But after Olivia got in trouble, Alexa was horrible to her for the rest of their childhood. Yeah. And then she feels that it had an effect on their relationship. And at the end of the book, Alexa's like, I did this for you and I feel so bad. And Olivia's like, why do you feel bad? I don't feel bad. There's no conflict. There's no real conflict for the rest of this book. Okay, so I'm going to agree with you to an extent that there was no decided conflict and that, yes, you are correct. And it went on for another 200 that pages. These, that these two people were going to get together and so just find, just trying to figure it, like, and I think we could have, like, because there's so much long distance back and forth flying mm-hmm. back between, like, Berkeley and L.A., and what what I think like it would have been great if they were like oh we should give this with the old because the sex between them was awesome it was very good sex and we skipped over a lot of it and that made me sad they skipped over a lot of it but some of it was you know some of it was there I felt like um, they uh, I felt like the writer like did a did a good job with it what I I I I still have my same feelings like that you know girl give a guy a blowjob like which she does. Yeah. The second the second sex act, she goes down on him. Right. But we skip over it because we skip over almost everything. Right. So and it's just sort of like sort of like in you know talked about. But anyway, I do feel like if we just had one overnight to L.A. instead of like back and forth, back and forth. Right. I thought that would have been better. I would say mm-hmm. like they like your main discuss that Alexia has the Alexa has the freak out, uh, like. Honest to God, I was way more annoyed with Drew. I was more annoyed. No, they're both dumb. They're both dumb. Because it happens again when she goes down to LA for that party. And it's just repeated beats, like we yeah, talked about before. Yeah, and she before. finds out that he. Well, and has, that should have been the part. That, that should have been, been the it. thing. But at that point, it's like, oh, she's already had a freak out over nothing and decided not to talk to him. Well, that one it was an okay. Right, so and that what, one was important. That listeners, was real what happened one. was she he was goes, visiting. There's so many ex girlfriends. <laughs> They're all still friends, and apparently his pattern is, like, 
He's with someone for a few months, and when things are growing great, he calls it off. Serial monogamous. Serial monogamous. And they're all still friends. All these exes are at the party, and, like, the women are at one point. They're, like, talking about sangria. How nice was his breakup with you? He gave me flowers. How nice was his breakup with you? In front of the current girlfriend, which I feel is super shady. Super shady. So then Alexa decides, oh, he's going to break up with me. So I'm just, like... Not going to engage. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to address this issue. And just, like, decides to keep avoiding him at the party. So then at one point she's talking to Carlos, having a good time. And he's, like, infuriated. He's, like, oh, you guys getting cozy, planning to run off together? Like, he's such an idiot. Anyway, but it's just, like, the conflict is continuously her deciding what he's going to do and not actually talking to him about it. And I find it a frustrating and B sort of this like, Oh, women are just so emotional and don't know how to like, I guess deal with I don't shit. know. Like, honestly, and... I was in a long distance relationship like this where I didn't, where I didn't have good self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So I didn't trust like what was happening far away and I didn't trust his feelings and I didn't trust what was going on. So, like, and I didn't trust my own feelings. So, How old I, were you, though? That is a very good point. Because these people are, like... They're in their 30s. They're in their 30s. They're Professionals. They're professionals. They're six, she's a lawyer who's now the chief of staff. They're successful in their careers. Like, in again, a lot I of ways, say, they... like, this relationship was built on a lie. Yeah. So I, I feel like talk about, no, I know, and this it's it's always that's annoying. Like, it's that's, always, that kind of thing is always annoying, and that comes up all the time in these books, and it just drives me nuts. And it, because so many times the conflict is, oh, if we'd had this conversation two hundred pages ago, everything would have been fine. Yeah. Like these two hundred pages didn't need to happen, and that's what drives me crazy. If this book had been like stretched out over several months, and it's them keep. They keep missing each other because, like, they're both busy. Like, he's he has to be on call a lot. He yeah. could be pulled into surgery at any moment. She could have to deal with any sort of city disaster. He's if it's chief of staff for a major city, right? So if the if the book had been about them, sort of like, oh, I want like having to cancel each other on the last minute and what that means and sort of like, no, I promise this is how I actually feel and blah blah. blah. And then when they do see each other, it's kind of awkward and like sort of that, that I would have found A, more interesting, and B, more believable. I guess I found that relationship really believable. Like, that I we, had no, no sympathy for either of those no, people. No, but that, that the they thing. go in and neither of them went in thinking that this was going to be a long-term relationship, but both of them went in, like, having stronger feelings. Right. And that... That both of them, like, this thing, like, this is the last time. This is always the last time. Every single time was always the last time. But she was always like, oh, he's getting tired of me. It's like, no, there are plenty of women in L.A. he could be fucking. But he's, like, going out of his way and spending a lot of money to, like, spend time with you. But she couldn't understand that. And it was frustrating for me to read. It was uh, it was frustrating because I wanted more for her, but I understood where she was coming from. I understood where she was coming from too, but like I, there were certain aspects of her of her character that I related to a lot. Like there's a part where she's like, the 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 first time they have sex, which is like the night of the wedding. It talks about how normally when she has sex, 
she avoids certain situations or certain positions because she feels self-conscious about her body. I completely understand that. Also, I did appreciate that she's like, oh, I was able to just let go because I'm never going to see this guy again. So I guess this is like the positive aspects of one night stands. I'm like, great. We don't talk about this because normally in these books, it's like, no, it's about the long, the long lasting relationship and one night stands are bad. Right. Which one night stands were a mixed bag and there are pros and there are cons. But I did appreciate that. It's like, oh, like one of the good things about a one night stand is you can just like. You don't have to be hung up about anything because you'll probably never see this person again. And that's liberating in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I did appreciate that. All that being said, you're, you're a successful, intelligent woman. Have a conversation about your feelings, please. God. I, I just couldn't with them. I sure, just but I don't like. Couldn't. I wanted her to end like, up with so Theo. How often are you going to have a straight up? Here are my feelings about you in this relate this relationship and this situation with somebody you genuinely think this is the last time I'm going to hang out with you. No, but like later on. No, but I mean. There is no later on for these two. No, but they there is. That's the rest of the book. No, that's what I'm saying. Every ah, single time, well, no, they never think that this is this is always the last time. Well, but when she Every asks him if he's the last when time. she asks him if he's sleeping with other people, you don't ask that question of someone that you don't expect to ever see to and never also, see ever again. And also, he genuinely should have given a nice, a better answer. He no. Yes. No. Absolutely. No. 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 That is bullshit. No. Because, what no, should have? No, 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 no. You ask that question and you, it's serious. You it's ask, always serious when you, you ask, ask that, question. that question. in a phone call instead of texting someone 100%. out of nowhere. I agree. If I he, agree. If he had said, I agree. If he he should okay. have said we should talk about this. If he, he should not have given a joke. If he had said, not right now, I'm at work. JK, are you free tonight? Let me call you and we can talk yes. about this. That's what should have happened. But... They both did a dumb thing, and I can't stand it. I cannot but that's stand human. it. That is human. I don't like humans. They're dumb, <laughs> and I can't stand it. And oh. on that note, oh, we're done, right? And on that note, they oh. get together and they have a. They have. They a, get together. He proposes. He, he proposes to her in the elevator. Proposes in the elevator later, and they get together, and it's fine. Oh. Good night. All right. I, I love you dearly. I just have to say that. But let's fuck Mary Kill some people. Let's fuck Mary Kill some people. Okay. Um, the ones I came prepared with each involve a character that we didn't even talk about. <laughs> so do you want to go first? No, you go first. Shit. Okay. This is hilarious. Okay, we talked about them a little bit. Okay. Um, uh, okay. So, Claire. Uh-huh. Fuck Mary Kill. Um... Oh, all these people are from the same book. It's fine. Whatever, it's fine. Okay. Maddie. Uh-huh. Alexa's friend. Uh-huh. Who's like, girl, just like let your hair down. Wear this sexy dress. Everything's great. Carlos, uh-huh. who is Drew's friend. Uh-huh. Who's like, guy, don't be a fucking idiot. And like, tell her how you feel. That was another thing. Carlos was so much more emotionally mature. I loved Carlos. He was like, there's one point. Not he's to like, spoil this. Fuck, Mary kill. Right. I loved Carlos. At one point, Carlos is like. How do you feel about her? Because if you can't answer that question, there's no point in trying to salvage this relationship. Anyway, so then Theo, which we didn't even get to. Oh, yeah. Who is Alexa's employee at the mayor's office and is, like, really great, really supportive, 
Um, and I assume super hot. Su- he, yes. Super hot. He, he sounds really hot. Um, he brings her donuts all the time. At one point, they're out for his birthday. And, of course, Carlos happens to be in San Francisco for a conference. And I think, yeah. And they happen to be in San Francisco for I feel for like Theo's. the bar they go to, even though they say That's call the one it that a different sounds bar, real, or fake. Uh, fake, I think they go to Amnesia. Um, I'm almost positive they go to Amnesia, and I'm on board. All right. I don't think I've ever been there. It's great. Okay. Um, so, but then they show up, and, like, Drew... There's one point, it's like, because the, the, is it the chapters or the sections switch off between their points yeah, of yeah, view? Yeah, yeah, kind of. And there's one point where Drew sees her, he's, like, he's obviously drunk. He ta- he talks about, he goes up to the bathroom and is kind of, like, stumbling around. He's like, oh, I'm pretty drunk. And then he runs into her and he's like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, and this guy just, like, wouldn't take the hint. And I'm like, no, because you're a stranger and you're obviously intoxicated and talking to his female friends. So, and like. you're a white guy. And you're a white guy. Theo's black. Yes. But, okay, so, uh, sorry, listeners, I didn't get to these people in my tirade. Or let's replace Theo with... No, 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 Theo's fine, I think. No, but I don't have someone from another book. So how about, uh... Oh, um, no, it's fine. Okay, we just talked about it, so it's fine. Okay, fuck, Mary, kill, Maddie, Carlos, Theo. It's hard. Um, I'm going to have to say I am going to marry Carlos. Uh One, I think the sex is going to be great and long-lasting and it's going to be fine and I'm going to love it. He knows all the good Mexican food in L.A. Oh, my God. And he's super giving and very loving and knows all the good Mexican food. So emotionally mature. Oh, I'm on board. Great. Um, Two, I'm going to marry... I'm going to fuck Maddie. Because one, yeah. I think she's going to get me dressed first. Yes, she look is. fucking great. It's going to be a whole stylish experience. Uh, it's going to be fabulous. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm only going to kill Theo. One, I'm going to have to reiterate, he sounds hot. Two, super smart. Mm-hmm. And if Carlos wasn't in the running, of course I would marry Theo. <laughs> but unfortunately, that's not the game we're playing. And I have to kill Theo. All I'm right. very sorry, Theo. Sorry, Theo. Anyway. Um, uh, I, th- I think... Okay. I think I would also marry Carlos. I think I'd fuck Theo. Mm-hmm. And I would kill Maddie, but if I had my druthers, I'd fake her death and then have her dress me for the rest of my life. And then also, like, go out for martinis and stuff. Also, I would take Maddie, and I would put her in the other book, and I would have her dress Lana, because here's Mm -hmm. what happened in that book. So you're upset about the dress that ended up happening for the wedding for uh, the wedding date. But the dress that ended up, the fancy dress that ended up happening for... um, just for show. For just for show was a jersey knit gown. Yeah. That is a... unacceptable. <laughs> that is one, not fancy. Two, clingy as hell. Right. In awkward ways. Also, it was a wrap dress yes. in jersey, which doesn't so sound I have great. a wrap jersey dress. Which it's cute and fine, but, but I would not wear it to nice places. No. I would not wear it to nice it places. It sounds like a good picnic dress. Uh, it is a very good work casual dress. Fair for, for, for casual and Fridays. And I wear it for work 
casual. Okay. I do not okay. wear it to fancy things. Although it does look very cute in brown boots. It looks very cute with brown boots. Is it the gray one? Yes. I love that dress on It you. looks great on me. It's not a gown. It's not a gallery opening it's gown. It's not a gallery opening gown. With a bunch of fancy rich people. So Maddie, people. we have to send Maddie over to Claire and Lana. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. Also, I just want to point out, there was one point where Darlene, the artist at the gallery opening, told... Claire's mom that Lana was obese. They say that several times in the book, and I hated it every time. But at that point, when Claire's mom said that, Claire was like, Dar- basically, she said it, she said something different, but basically, like, Darlene's an uptight bitch. Don't listen to what she says. <laughs> True. Yeah. Also, uh, she's a sucky artist, which she was. Fact. Okay. All right. So, fuck, Mary kill. Yes, Since please. Since you did that book, I'll do the other book. Oh, okay. So... Fuck Mary Kill. Uh-huh. Um and Fuck Mary Kill. It's going to be Vanessa. Vanessa. Renata. Renata, okay. Miss Huge. Oh okay. Obviously I'm gonna kill Vanessa. Obviously. Like that's obvious. Okay. We didn't talk about her enough. She was terrible. Well we called her a bitch. Everybody we called should her, understand. That's, like there's one Since point Since we agreed on it, it's true. It's true. <laughs> There's one point at the work gathering that they went to. Um, at one point, like, Lana said something and Claire gave her a peck on the cheek or something. And then right after that, Vanessa's husband showed up with champagne. And then, like, Vanessa gave him a passionate kiss. It's just like. Yeah, but my favorite thing, though, was Lana told him that uh, Vanessa was smoking, specifically because yes. she could tell he wouldn't want to know. Yes! <laughs> so it's like, we have a perfect relationship. I keep secrets. Like, okay, one. Claire almost spat all over everything. Good to go, good to go. Okay. I I mean, I'm a I'm no relationship expert, obviously. I feel that it's fine for people to keep small secrets in their relationship. I think that's important. But to just then be like, our relationship's perfect, we don't keep secrets, and then like be in the in the in the girls' room smoking. Ugh, Vanessa. As, as someone with a long-term marriage, I'm going to say, I keep no secrets. <laughs> That's because you can't keep a secret. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> I almost told a secret right now for fun. <laughs> so it's not by choice, but by compulsion. Okay. Um, so I'm going to fuck Vanessa. Sorry, who are the other two? It's Renata and Miss Huge. Miss Huge. Okay. Um... Uh... Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna fuck Renata. I feel that she, because she is well, no. Okay, she's a she is also a relationship counselor, and I feel like if she, I relate to Lana, that if I felt like she was doing psychologist speak to me in a conversation, I would get pissed off and rebel, rebel against it. Also, she's very maternal, and I wouldn't want to be like married to that. Also, I don't want to live in LA. All these are good choices. So I'd fuck her, and then I would marry Ms. Huge, because then I would be in on the publishing industry and... Live in New York? Live in New York. But in a nice place. But in a nice place. Also, she was great. In the end, she was great. Uh, her name was horrific, so I was like, oh, I'm going to hate her. She was fine. She was fine. She was perfectly civil. Yeah. And, and... I may have made this up, but sort of a, like, us gals gotta stick together kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Thing. I mean, she was immediately first name basis. She's like, no, no, no don't, don't, go call, don't call me Miss Huge. Call me... Whatever her name was. Jane, whatever, whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, I think... I feel like... I could be making this up, but I feel like she implied that all the other 
people that she'd have to go through to get this book published were men. Yeah. And that she's like, I want to get more women involved. Mm -hmm. So, like, good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to say, um, I am probably going to marry Renata. That's fair. Because I, I thought she, she was, was... She was great. Also, she saw through Vanessa's bullshit. Right away. Right away. Oh, it was great. Um, but I'm going to fuck Vanessa. Oh. And I'm going to tell you why. Tell me why. Sometimes a hate fuck's not too bad. I can't... I, I can't deal with hate fucking. Um, but... Also because I dislike the idea of Miss Huge on a lot of levels, like just like where she was in the book, but also like the, the name, like there was so much so I'm going to kill her off. Okay, that's fair. That's where we are. Oh my God, but my name would be Neil Huge. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah. Yeah. Or if I hyphenated. It'd be great on Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Huge! <laughs> yes. All the more reason for me to marry her. Okay, the books. Um, I would... I think I'd fuck just for show. The, the part about them not realizing their feelings drove me crazy. Um... But I really appreciated how Claire and Lana added to each other's lives. Um, everyone else that they interacted with, like all of Claire's coworkers, all of Lana's friends, they all felt like real people instead of just like a plot device with a name. Like there was depth to them. Um, and it was sweet when they finally did get together. The sex was great. Sex was good. Um, so yeah, I'm fuck it. Yeah, no, we all know. We all know what you're gonna do with the other book. The, There's I'm no just, mystery. I know. The thing is, I really liked Alexa. I did. I did. No, like. And Carlos is the best. Maddie is great. Well, and Theo I think is too, wonderful. Like, I think what you probably Olivia would have enjoyed was more is if. They had an engagement party at the front that he had to take a girlfriend to, a plus one. Mm -hmm. And then there was all this time where they had kind of a pseudo long distance relationship because they enjoyed fucking. Mm -hmm. But they were like, no, you know, we don't know how we feel about each other. And then all of those feelings have to come to a head at the wedding. That would be great. Where like they're like they've had a huge fight. Mm -hmm. They like that but huge fight that they had when she okay. was in California. But see, the thing is, and then she... they have to be together at the wedding, and like they break up. They're like, we're not right. going to be together because one, I'm a serial monogamous. Two, I don't have time for this bullshit. Right. Like you're either in or you're out. And then right. they get together at the wedding again. And they have to fake it, and then they mm -hmm. realize how much they like each other. But the thing is that with them, I never felt. But that would have added stakes. It would. It would have. But I never felt like they were obligated to be together. Whereas, like, with Lana and Claire, there was the contract. Right. Which, and I'm, I'm, you know, like, don't put a contract on relationship. But, like, regardless of how they might feel each about each other that day, because they got into fights. There were, like, they got into a fight just before they went to New York. Yeah. Or just before something. They got into several fights. They got into they several fights. Big. Like, just before big events, too, where they had to, like, pretend like they weren't fighting because of the contract. Yeah. Whereas, like, after the wedding, there was nothing keeping them together. Yeah. And I other think than that's, the fact, and, and I, I will enjoyed, appreciate... And I enjoyed the book. And I really did, but I also understand right. the point of And it. I did appreciate that Alexa realized, like, 20% in, like, 
okay, I there's no point in kidding myself. I actually have feelings for this guy. And I'm like, thank you. You're an emotionally mature person. Oh, no, no, you're not, because you don't know how to talk about things. Um, so, just, like, there was never... I never felt like there was a reason for them to have to stay together. Okay. Um, for me, I think I would... I would fuck both these books. I enjoyed okay. reading them both a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought... They both fulfilled that like romance book need that I that I have, mm-hmm. and I I enjoyed all the characters. I enjoyed like the conversations they had. I felt like, for the most part, like everything was driven and interesting and romantic and sexy. If, like I I never felt so connected to either of these books that I'd say I'd marry them. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely would fuck both these books. I appreciated too in the wedding date. It was obviously written by someone from NorCal because of how much fun she poked at L.A. Yeah, 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 yeah. In, in, a, in a friendly sort of way. Like, there's one point where they go to Dolores Park after the wedding. The next... After they've... There was the that wedding. great they fucked. date the next day. The next day, he goes into the bathroom and changes his flight and doesn't tell her, which I thought was sweet. Mm-hmm. And they go... They pick up burritos and go to Dolores Park and just, like, hang out. And reading that made me want to go to Dolores Park. Well, and it was such which, a San Francisco thing to do. It was a San Francisco thing. You get a burrito thing. and you mm-hmm. nap in the park. And then you go and get by red ice cream. 100%. Which, though, on most nice days, I don't want to go to Dolores Park because it's so crowded. But just, like, the way it was... I was like, oh, that sounds, like, that sounds so nice. Um, but there's a point, because he, he rented a car. For he, the, didn't, he didn't know better. Because he, well, he should have, because he did that residency in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And then he, yeah. <laughs> he was in Oakland for something before the wedding. So what happened was, he spent a couple days, he flew in, rented a car to spend a couple days in Oakland, and then spent a couple days in San Francisco, even though they took a cab to the rehearsal dinner and a shuttle to the wedding. But he's like, should we, should we, like... And where sh- the hell they're parking around the Fairmont, I have no idea. I don't know. But there's one point, he was like, oh, should we, should we drive to the park or take a cab? And she's like, let's take a cab. This isn't L.A. There's not going to be valet parking for you at the park. And he's like, meh, 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 whatever. Anyway, I appreciated that. There were, there were parts about the book that I did. Like, up until that weekend of the wedding was over... I enjoyed it. And the part with Bill, the guy who was like, she's mine now. I got here first. What's it like banging a black chick? Like, he was terrible. And it was like, the fact that he existed felt realistic. And like, when she was like, am I going to be the only black person here? So I know. Like, up until that part, I was actually really enjoying the book. And then for me, nothing happened. And he just like left a kid with cancer. Uh, also, when he got up there and was like, it's Jack, he has leukemia, you can't tell her that. No, no, yeah. He's that your patient of, and you're his doctor. It breaks a lot of rules. Anyway. Like, even bringing her into the room broke a lot of rules. Right, right, right. But let's get that. Uh, sorry, fuck sorry, Mary sorry, Kim sorry. Characters. Fuck Mary okay. characters. Quick, 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 and she seemed to know her way oh, around the bedroom. Fun. Super fun. And just like, I I imagine that we would fuck and then she would cook for me. Oh, and she'd be good at it. Because she's a better cook than I am. Not that I'm like, the woman should cook. Like, no, she's, she's, she's a great cook. Good at and it. she enjoyed it. Like, it was her stress reliever. Mm-hmm. And I hate doing dishes, but I do the dishes for her since she cooked. 100%. Right. Um, I would marry Carlos. Yeah. 
Because he's the best. He's just like he's just like he's a doctor in like in like a a red Ferrari or something, and he's like here's some great Mexican food, dude. Talk to your girlfriend about your feelings, Mm -hmm. and then when Drew is having his freakouts about like I don't want to put up with this shit, Carlos is like stupid freakouts. Carlos is just like come on, guy. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't take the bait. He didn't rise. So it was it was great. Carlos is the best, and was just like. Hey, I can tell that he's my best friend's super into this girl, so I'm just gonna make nice because she seems cool and she might be around for a while. So like, let's just so I'd marry Carlos and I'd kill Drew. Uh, honestly, I'm gonna kill Drew too. Like, because he did that thing that also drives me crazy. That like, he gets so jealous. That, like, there's one point, Carlos is calling him out on his shit, and he's like. You hit on her at that party, didn't you? And he lunges at him from across the room and, like, knocks over the coffee table. Drew was problematic. Drew was emotionally unstable. Here's my favorite scene that happened between Drew and and Carlos that made me want to marry Carlos. Uh, Drew was like, Carlos is just going to make fun of me. He's just going to make fun of me for how much I like this girl. I don't want to talk to him about it. He's just going to make fun of me. And they have this, like, angsty, like, down down the elevator in the hospital out to the car park. He's like, he's just walking with me, so I'll tell him about my feelings. I don't want to tell him about my feelings the whole time. And then they get down there, and, like, they... Like, Drew realizes they park next to each other. Yeah, Drew's and, like, and what are you doing? Leave me alone. And Carlos is like, I park next to you. Calm down. And he's like, this is why I come down. I don't... Like, dude. And I was like, I love you. <laughs> I love you with my heart parts. Um, <laughs> I imagine... I'm just going to imagine that he looks kind of like Mario Lopez. Or... He looks like all the men I've ever liked. <laughs> I will say... Like, he's just like a calico man. <laughs> a, ca- a calico man? Anyway, so so I'm going to marry Carlos as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going to kill Drew. I think that... Alexa, like, this is the type of guy that shook her out of, like, her malaise, mm-hmm, and I want her to move mm-hmm. on. But I also really appreciated their relationship, because, yeah, again, I enjoyed the book. I will say, there's one point, sorry, just to jump in, there's one point where she's, they, the first time they actually, like, real kiss, not just for show, it says, he tasted, like, bourbon and chocolate cake and everything she'd ever craved. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, that's an amazing sentence. 100% that's an amazing it sentence. It was so good. Um, and, then, and then they got crazy. I'm going to fuck Stephanie, Claire's uh, little sister. Okay. Who yeah, is yeah, a comedian yeah. who was raised by two psychiatrists and has a psychiatrist sister. Who are who's, very, they're, like, very uptight. Who's bi, chill, in LA, making it work and fun as hell. Right? <laughs> and she's like, hey, Lana, I like you because you're fun. Yes. Not like that cold Abby bitch that Claire used to bring around. It's going to be great. I like Stephanie too. Excellent. Okay. And it was, it was unfair because she wasn't, she was not meeting the standards held by Claire and her parents, but like that's, that's only one way to live your life yeah, yeah, and yeah, to yeah. measure success. Good for you. Well Thank done. you. Um, okay, so okay. what's next? So I picked the books for next You did, time. you did, you did. Tell me what they are. Um, I'm so excited. So. I want to know. <laughs> okay, so they, uh, let's see if you can uh, discover the theme. I'm looking Because forward. they are, it's, it's impossible, absolutely impossible to determine from the titles. The stakes are high. As I normally do. So the first book is Ghost. Colon, a paranormal ghost romance 
colon, Damned Series Book One <laughs> by Charmaine Ross. So where the Cougar Club didn't have enough colons, this one has too many. This is a bunch of colons. It's so many colons, right? Dead. And then the next book is the the Ghost of Crawford Castle <laughs> by Magda McCune. So it ghosts. Ghosts. Ghost. Fucking ghosts. Fucking, fucking no, ghosts. Literally fucking ghosts. Literally fucking ghosts. I had ghosts. to go out of my way to find romance novels in which the people are romantically involved with ghosts as opposed to other people while they're dealing with ghosts. <laughs> so you had to read these things a little bit. I, mean, I the, read the descriptions. The descriptions. I found a list of like romance novels about ghosts that actually involve ghosts. Oh and God. then I read the descriptions, yeah. So excited. Yes. All right. So as is Christine, I just for our listeners, for the past like four episodes, Christine's like, you guys need to do ghosts. You guys need to do ghosts. I'm so excited. She's so excited. And okay. we're doing it. All right. And we're doing it. Well, um, doing it right. I want to thank our listeners. Thank you, listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you, authors. Thank you, authors, for everything that you do. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, Christine. Who works so hard and gives us the space to do this. Yes. And, yeah, tell your friends. Rate, review, subscribe, all that business. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. Stitcher. Like, there's other places. Google right. us. Google, Google us. us. And then leave, leave <laughs> things. I see what you did there. That yeah, was clever. Thank you. So that's it, yeah? All right, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Claire. I love you. I love you.